Leadership File on Premier. So welcome to Leadership Farm, the show that's inspiring you to lead for Christ wherever you are. I'm Andy Peck, your host, thanking you for joining us. And whether you're listening live or one of the many thousands who listen via the podcast, it's great to have you along. If you're new to the show, a mind that the show is available on demand via premierradio.com or via iTunes or Podbeam. My aim with the shows is to provide knowledge, skills and attitudes for a Christian to lead so that God's work is advanced. So do continue to join us and God helping us, we will flourish in his ways. So to this week, it's acknowledged as a major element for Christians in leadership, but one that many would say they don't do terribly well. I'm referring to hearing God's voice. In John 10, Jesus said that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Many interpret that voice to be through scripture, but most would acknowledge that God speaks to us in addition to scripture, never to contradict, but to add direction and details. And I'm joined this week by Phil Wilthew, who was on the show previously to help develop a prophetic culture off the back of his book, Developing Prophetic Culture, Building Healthy Churches That Hear Jesus Clearly. So welcome back to the Leadership File, Phil. Thank you for having me, Andy. Uh, so I'm wondering, do you remember when you first, if you like, heard from God in a way that made you think, hey, God is speaking to me? I do, yes. And it was a life-changing moment for me. I, I'd kind of grown up in a... Baptist church. My dad was a Baptist pastor. I'd given my life to Christ at a very early age, but it was probably only until I was about 12 that I had my first encounter where I would say I thought I heard God. And I, I remember I was away with our youth group. I was walking uh, to a meeting venue through a storm and suddenly, quite out of the blue, I had thoughts coming into my mind that I felt were, were God speaking to me through this storm that I was walking through. And uh, as I got to that meeting this evening, I, I was amazed at what had just happened. And then the meeting leader asked if anyone had heard from God for the first time and would they like to come and share what they felt God had said. And being quite a shy type, I sat on my hands and refused to say anything. Um, but after three persistent attempts, of inviting people to come forward. Eventually, I went and shared what I felt God had said. And it turned out that it was this particular word was for one of my youth leaders who actually broke down crying as I was sharing this word from God. And it, it touched him very deeply, but also awakened me to the power of what happens when you hear God and you obey those promptings from God and share what you feel he's put on your heart. So that was the first time as a 12-year-old. Well, that's terrific. And good, lovely to hear someone so young uh, for whom that is the case. Uh, you know, uh, many might expect this to be a much uh, sort of something for adults, but hey, 12-year-olds, wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I think we often say in our church that there's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. Um, you know, and I think young Samuel, as he's waiting by the ark, uh, hearing God's voice call to him as just a young man, I think it's a great sort of template for us believing for God to speak to us while we're, we're very young. Sure. Okay. Now, you're now working with uh, King's Arms uh, Bedford and, and have a wider ministry too. So what do you get up to? A, a bit of all sorts, Andy. Uh, I'm obviously I'm an, a leader in our local church in Bedford, uh, which is, I guess, particularly known for its work with the poor, uh, uh, healing on the streets, prophetic ministry. But I'm also involved in a network of churches called Catalyst, 
which helps to serve churches all over the world. So uh, some of my time is spent helping to support and strengthen church leadership teams. So I, I'm, I've got a small team that looks after sort of 45 to 50 churches, kind of from Ashford all the way up to Perth and Dundee in Scotland and the UK. And then we work with churches all over the world, actually. It's far away as New Zealand, which is a long way to go. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a great privilege. No, great, great. So I'm... Um... As we look at this this topic here in God's voice, I'm imagining you you would want to talk about the range of ways in which a Christian in leadership uh, might hear from God. Yeah, indeed. And in one sense, God is so creative that the ways in which He speaks to all of us are are just multifaceted. So we could spend a long time looking at all the different ways that God speaks to us. I think as it pertains to leaders who are involved in church leadership or leadership in the marketplace or even leadership in your families, uh, I think there are a couple of things that are worth mentioning. One is that I think it should be the expectation that Christian leaders get strategic direction from God that is aided by the prophetic. Uh, So I know certainly for our leadership team, we really take seriously the call to seek God and hear what he's saying every year when we're trying to set direction for the church and make big decisions. Um, just, just an example of that, we had one prophetic word given to us about God wanting to release a tsunami of love across Bedford and that it was going to reach into uh, kind of the criminal underworld and subcultures and groups that we'd never seen touched with the gospel. And it was this picture of this tsunami of love, that was the phrase. And so we all felt that God was on that. And so that next year, we seen a lot of our teaching, our direction in the church around releasing a tsunami of love across our town. And uh, one simple thing that we did just in response to that word was we created these little tokens, a little bit like poker chips that literally had tsunami of love written on them um, and a link to a website. And the idea was that church members would just carry these coins in their pocket as a reminder to just do random acts of kindness to either their neighbors or their work colleagues and literally give them a token at the same time as expressing the kindness of God in some way. And uh, we released 10,000 of those across that year as a sort of practical response to how God had led us prophetically. So I think strategic decisions are really critical that we are aided by the prophetic. Um, And then also, I guess, for leaders, it's being open to those spirit-led moments. So, And you get that in the New Testament. You get both the strategic moments like Acts 13, where Paul and Barnabas are released to the ministry. But you also get these spontaneous spirit-led prophetic moments where God just steps on the page and directs you to do something. You know, for Paul, he has his man from Macedonia moment where suddenly he changes direction because God has spoken to him. And I think for leaders, we've got to be open to those moments where the Holy Spirit can change the agenda and speak things that really bring breakthrough in the moment that leads to encounters with God. Um, And the way the Holy Spirit speaks to us in those moments are really multifaceted. So there's a couple of things. Sure. Now, wonderful story of um, of the tsunami of love. Just for for context, did um, was this part of a, a church service where someone felt that word, or had it happened another way? How did the, without necessarily going into uh, confidences, how how did it come to you? 
Yes, yeah, a great question. Actually, that word was emailed into us by oh. uh, a friend of the church who is a prophetic friend. Probably okay. once every two years we hear from him. Right. So he emailed the word in, and as we read it and prayed over it, we just really felt the Spirit of God on it. And it became kind of the standout lead direction for us that year. Um, and, you know, I, I could literally tell you story after story of people's lives that were touched by that initiative. Um, just, just one story. There was a, a lady who was at a petrol garage, and she was paying for a petrol. And she saw the lady behind the counter looking just particularly sad and upset. And so she felt for her tsunami of love coin in her pocket and she just gave it to the lady over the counter with her phone number and said, listen, you, you look like you might need a friend or you might just want to grab a coffee. Here's my number. If you ever want to talk to someone, call me and I'd love to have a coffee. Gave her the token, gave her a number. And within a couple of days, this lady had called her back and said, listen, I'd love to take you up on that offer of a coffee I really could do with someone to talk to. And anyway, these two ladies struck up a friendship. It turned into uh, coming around each other's homes and going out for dinner. Uh, this petrol garage assistant eventually came on our Alpha course. Uh, she gave her life to Christ, and she's now a follower of Jesus. And it all came from a simple act of kindness. Wow. Um, and that word came to us via an email that we prayed together about as a team. No, that's just terrific, Phil. Fantastic. Um, so, so some people may be be listening and thinking, "Hang on, this this kind of world is not my world." <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, they, I don't seem to hear God in the ways you describe. Um, you know, I, I pray, I, I do my best as a church leader, but but I can't really, you know, count on any any fingers of any hand <laughs> the number of times mm-hmm. I've, I've heard from God. Um, what, what would you say to that? And I'm pre- obviously, there's, there's some folk who don't inhabit the more kind of charismatic church out, outlook. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, where he says, uh, brothers, about spiritual gifts, I did not want you to be ignorant. And I think uh, sometimes we don't move in the gifts of the Spirit simply because we've not perhaps ever really thought about them that much or we've assumed that they've died out for today and we've not done our own sort of biblical research or we've, we've kind of looked at it for ourselves. Sometimes it's of our own inherited church traditions. We're used to the way that we do things. So I, I guess if someone was saying to me, this has not been my experience to date, I would just encourage that person to start seeking God about it start reading scripture, maybe talk to people who are from a different church stream or background, just to find out, just to learn, to listen. And I think go on that process of exploration with the Lord and see what he does, because ultimately I do believe that God responds to hunger. He responds to faith. And I think where we actively begin to engage our hearts and seeking God and saying, God, actually, I do want to hear you and I want to learn how to do that. God is incredibly faithful to lead us and help us. And I think what we can often fall into the trap of is feeling that the way somebody else hears God is more important, more valuable, more powerful than the way that I hear God. And the truth is God speaks to us in all sorts of different ways. We are different people, different personalities with our unique walk with him. And I think God will always speak to us out of relationship ultimately. 
Um, and obviously, as you said at the start, Andy, the Bible is our highest authority for the way in which God speaks to us in the daily routines of our life as we seek the word and see what he has to say to us. But I think ultimately, I would say be hungry and in- investigate for yourself. Well, thank you. We're listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Phil Wilfew. He's uh, author of a book, Developing Prophetic Culture, and he's here talking about hearing God's voice. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Phil Wilfew. Uh, Phil is one of the leaders of King's Arms Church in Bedford. Uh, He's the author of Developing Prophetic Culture, Building Healthy Churches That Hear Jesus Clearly. Uh, We're talking about hearing uh, God's voice. And uh, we're just talking before the break. Phil was sharing that if you know if you're someone who doesn't particularly hear from God in the way that you Phil's describing, then by all means do um, uh, do do seek God because God is is only too willing to respond to to those who are hungry to hear from Him. So Phil, mm. a, a few questions then about about this whole business of hearing from God. Um, the, 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 I, I sense perhaps for some people they crave a word from God and discover that God is looking for us to move ahead in faith but perhaps without always having a clear word. Now, is that is that your experience, or is that do you, would you say that's faulty thinking? Uh, not at all. That is very much my experience. Um, I think we're often, we often can be guilty of always telling our best stories, um, and we can leave the impression that, you know, we wake up every morning, get out of bed, and God, what are your instructions for today? And, uh, you know, we, we hear God in a completely clear and coherent way every moment of our lives. And I, I think rarely is that the case. Um, a lot of days, I, like yourself, we get out of bed and we, we are living each day by faith in what we know is true. We're trusting God. We're reading his word. We're seeking him. We're praying. And a lot of life is just doing what we know is right by faith. Um now, I think we should always be open to hearing God and that part of our daily prayer rhythm, if you like, should be just listening to his instructions and being aware of what the Holy Spirit wants to say. But you're right. I think oftentimes the Lord is looking for us also to exercise faith and wisdom in the everyday things of life. I, mean, I was just thinking of an example in my own life when I was praying about whether I should marry Carol, my wife, years ago. Uh, we just celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary. Thank you. And I remember one day praying in a field. I was a student at the time. I was 20 years old. And I knew that I wanted to ask her to marry me. But I was I was really looking for a word from God to give me the green light. And I I remember praying one day and I was reading through Psalm one. And I was just as I was praying through Psalm one, I was saying, God, you know, can I ask Carol to marry me? You know, I really need a word. And as I was reading Psalm one, it says that the righteous man is like a tree that's planted by streams of water and whatever he does prospers. And in that moment, I just felt the Lord say, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I want you to make your own decision. As long as you're planted by me, whatever you do is going to prosper. And it's almost like God just said, I'm not going to give you a word. I want you to use your common sense. I want you to exercise wisdom, exercise faith. As long as you're seeking me, then you're going to bear fruit. And so I think often life is like that. I think we are planted in Christ and we're bearing fruit as we live faith by faith in the Son of God. Oh, fab- fabulous. Uh, great, to hear, great to hear that story. Um, you know, every church leader has a range of decisions. Um, you know, some, some might be regarded as common sense. Some might be 
corporately agreed by members or fellow leaders. I mean, when you're as a leader, what, when are you looking for God to direct you? Um, is it all the time? Is it just on the big things? Um, how, how would you how would you work out things? Yeah, it's a great question. I think our our leadership culture, certainly in our church, is very much one that's open to creating space to hear God. So in most of our leadership times as a team, we will you know, leave time to pray and then leave room for anyone to share anything that they might be carrying or feeling from God prophetically. So that would be common just in our culture. Uh, so we wouldn't, for example, just jump from prayer to prayer to prayer and then finish. We would always try and leave some space to hear from God. And sometimes the things that are shared will be purely encouragements for the moment. Other things may have weight that we feel we want to come back to and talk about. And I think that's the encouragement of scriptures that you should weigh the prophetic, which literally means you should try and decide how weighty it is. And some prophetic words are more weighty than others. They are things that you can maybe build a whole strategy on or are simply an encouragement from God's as you're listening and receiving it and it creates faith in the moment. So I think that's the culture of our teams. We're we're leaving space. Um, But again, oftentimes we are trusting God that we are leading out of the gifts he's given us and that, you know, taking strategic time to use the common sense gifts that God's given. That is also the way that strategy gets formed as we submit it to God. Um, I think in the very big decisions, we're definitely wanting to hear God. So if we were wanting to plant a new church or if we were wanting to release some new leaders into a particular area or allocate finance, those sorts of things, I think we would be wanting to get a sense of uh, prophetic leading from God wherever possible. Okay. No, that's really, really helpful. Um, now, on the, on the kind of opposite sort of sense of uh, some people... As, as I've said to you, um, struggle to to hear from God, but others others would say yes, I have heard from God, and it it didn't go as I'd expected, <laughs> and so perhaps uh, they're they're listening and thinking, yeah, this is all very well, but last time I went out on a limb, it didn't work out. Um, a word a word for those kind of folk who who are a bit disappointed with the outcome of of what they thought was very clear to them. Yeah, well, firstly, I sympathise because I, I've been in that place myself. And I know that can be confusing often because uh, we can feel like we've heard God clearly and then it not work out the way we expected uh, or indeed not work out at all. I I sympathize. I've definitely been there. Um, I I think a few comments. One would be, I I think failure is part of growth. And scripture very clearly says that when it comes to the prophetic, we see in part, we hear in part. Um, but the, the the growth chart for any gifting that we carry is a bit of trial and error, which probably means if you can't remember the last time you got something wrong, it may be that you've stopped growing. Now, I don't mean get it wrong in a moral sense, but in the sense of trying to exercise your gift to the next level is going to require some risk. I think it was John Wimber that you know said, this is how you spell faith, R-I-S-K. And that's true in the prophetic, which means sometimes we're not necessarily always going to get things right. Um, I think it was Edison that said he took a thousand attempts to build the light bulb. I think sometimes 
we have one prophetic moment that goes wrong and then we ditch the gift altogether because it's too confusing. And I guess my encouragement would be to persist, to keep learning the ways of God, um, talking honestly about those experiences um, and grow through a process of kind of trial and error and development. Um, And I think sometimes we, we hear wrongly. So, you know, it could be the cheese you ate before you went to bed rather than the Lord. I've had those moments. Um, but sometimes God is speaking and we've just perhaps not quite understood what he said or certainly the timing with which he said it. Um, so I, I remember very clearly when uh, I was newly married, God had given Carol, my wife, a dream about having a son and that we were to call his name Samuel and that he would delight our hearts. And we had this very clear word about having a son. And so early days in our marriage, uh, we got pregnant. We were pretty convinced that she was carrying a boy. But when it came to birthday, lo and behold, Lauren, our daughter, was born. <laughs> and uh, it was a joyous moment, lots of celebration, but also just this slight background confusion of, I thought we were having a son. (laughs) And God, we really felt we heard from you clearly. (laughs) And and it was one of those moments, you know. Mm. And um, But what we realized is that as our second child came, uh, we had a son, of course, and and he was born prematurely, very, very sick. He nearly died. And for the first two weeks of his life, he was in an incubator. And I remember driving away from the hospital every day after he was born, just – weeping in my car, but bringing this prophetic word back to God and saying, God, you said that we would have a son and that we would be called Samuel and that he would delight our heart. Please save our boy. And, and he did. Yeah. And it was only at that moment that we realized the wisdom of God in giving us a promise that we felt didn't work out at the time, but actually was for a later moment in our lives where we really needed it. Sure. And so I think sometimes timing is mysterious Mm. Um, but eventually we can see the wisdom of God in the way in which he's spoken to us. So I would encourage you to persist, to persevere, keep believing, keep having a go. Okay, wonderful. Well, Phil, time's almost defeated us, but um, just to say you run conferences at King's Arms and I believe you have a prophetic development school coming up? Yes, we do. Yeah, we've got a a three-day school at the King's Arms uh, in the middle of October which really is designed to help people go to the next level in the prophetic. Um, We run regular conferences every year to try and help people in their prophetic growth. So, um, yeah, if anyone's interested, you'd be welcome to check out the website, look at our details, and come along. And, of course, your uh, book is also um, available. So, um, uh, Developing Prophetic Culture, Building Healthy Churches That Hear Jesus Clearly. So that would be another way in which people could uh, discover a little bit more about, uh, in depth about hearing God's voice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, read the book. I'd love to hear comments and feedback, and uh, I hope it will be a blessing. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate your, your time today. Thank you, Andy. It's been great to be on. So this is uh, Andy Peck thanking you for joining us. Uh, Check out the podcast online at uh, Premier Radio or iTunes or Podbean. 
And uh, Phil uh, Wilfew is uh, Phil W-I-L-T-H-E-W, if you're wondering how to spell his name. And uh, do uh, check out that book, uh, Building a Prophetic Culture. Uh, and may God help you uh, as you seek to lead in his name. So as we close the words of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian church, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's Word to everyday life. Contact him via email apec at cwr.org.uk.